This week on the Lord's Grantham podcast, we are watching clips from the press junket of Downton Abbey, A New Era. Uh, they're all on YouTube, and we're just recapping what we saw there. We also are answering some fan questions or thoughts from Instagram and Twitter, and just talking a little bit more about Downton Abbey, A New Era. We talked about the movie last week, but once isn't enough, so we're back to talk about a new era and all the press releases and interviews mm-hmm. and fan reactions. So, how you doing, Corey? Doing okay. Doing okay. I got a bad cough today, but doing just fine. How about you? How about you, Dave? I'm I'm good. I'm good. It's about to be a holiday weekend out here mm. in um, America. In America, in the <laughs> yes, in the United States. Um. And we are here. We're just going to run through. We posted on Twitter and Instagram asking for some some fan feedback, just some some stuff. So we heard from a couple people, and we're going to talk about a few of these several interviews with the Downton cast. But we have some unfinished business from the movie, Dave. There was one piece we did not talk about that uh, one of our friends brought up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was... Uh, the man who's recording audio during the movie for the, for the talkie that they're making. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I, I don't even write down his name, but I know that I was next to our, our friend Alec, who's appeared on the podcast multiple times. Uh, he, he thought, well, both of us were giggling at this, uh, very Julian c- character. He, he's bald. He has a tiny mustache. The tiniest of mustaches. Yeah. Comically small. Uh, is it Mr. Stubbins? Yes, sure. it's Mr. Stubbins is his name. Mr. Stubbins, he gets a he honorary power ranking on the downside. So, what did you love about this character so much, Dave? It just was like a dumb Julian side character <laughs> that you throw in halfway through the movie. Mm-hmm. What, what I, did you dislike about this character? Well, I just felt like there was going to be some payoff with him. It just felt like he was there in the background as this humorous, odd-looking dude who was very annoying to everyone else in the room, but there was no payoff joke with him really you know he's yeah. just there <laughs> yeah he's, but, he's not even like a, a necessarily a bad guy he's just a, a guy <laughs> named Stubbins. He just, he just even a humorous funny. name he's funny that's all we gotta <laughs> okay. say all right so you, you just like laughing at odd looking people is what you're saying when they're played for comedy yes <laughs> and it's appropriate yes Okay. Otherwise, no. Otherwise, no. That's not appropriate. <laughs> okay. Uh, so where, where do we want to go? We, we, we did do some outreach. Uh, yeah, you want to... I, I think some of... So we watched a bunch of these press videos and interviews, and a lot of them do tread water. I think it's worth discussing the fireside chats with Julian Fellows. Mm-hmm. Those are, I think... The, I don't want to say the best, but they're certainly the most noteworthy for what it is that, you know, the access that we have to Julian for like f- 15 minutes by the time this whole thing is done. So, so Julian fellows, he, they, 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 he kicks it off by saying, I'm going to be talking with your favorite cast members of down Abbey. Uh, and there's four different videos. You can find them all on YouTube. They're, they're fireside chats with Julian fellows and promotion of a Downton Abbey, a new era. And, 
as much as he hypes it up as conversations with actors from Down Abbey New Era, it's really the actors talking at Julian and t- asking Julian questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and he's not asking them anything. It's all about Julian here. Yeah, exa- it's so so interesting. Mm-hmm. Very, so, very strange. It, and it, you think that this is going to be some, some epic thing of, oh, you know, we get uh, Maggie Smith, we get... All these no. sort of random, no, it's it's Hugh, Leslie Nickel, uh, and Alan Leach, and the last one is just Julian. Yeah, yeah, Pat Moore there in the middle, and then uh, Branson and uh, good old Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, did you find these particularly insightful, Dave? I think these of all the things that we watched, and I know all the things that we watched are fluff pieces anyway, mm-hmm. but this did give me a little bit of insight into some little tidbits and not like game changers, but I think the first one with Hugh Bonneville, Julian talks about how he went to a party, which mm-hmm. is sort of the, when he was 19, that, that kind of kickstarted his brain into thinking about the upstairs downstairs dynamic. And it was in the sixties. So I think that was like an interesting little tidbit to know that a literal run in with staff bickering at a, a society party is what got him considering the idea of this as a dramatic thing yeah um but it's funny as much as he saw an opportunity for the the drama there he goes on to say in one of the interviews that there's a lot of doom and gloom out there so he wants something that looks handsome that looks nice (laughs) that is that plays well Mm -hmm. um so and you also i think i think i think to that point that you're saying he compares Downton to a lot of shows that have sort of authority versus civilians, mm-hmm. specifically uh, police and hospital dramas, where he says there's always this sort of, I am, you know, we're, your husband was murdered and we're here to help, or mm-hmm. you're, you're sick and we're here to help. And he says that Downton, the divide is not contentious most of the time, that it's yeah. just sort of harmonious and that's the way the divide is supposed to be and i was like that's not a bad observation this yeah. is it's very poignant that the- it's funny though he, he points out that rosy picture of how down abbey goes but he kind of uh, neglects all the bad trouble that he puts a lot of the characters through through the seasons oh, yeah, yeah some of it directly relating to the fact that they work in service mm-hmm. and can't escape this sort of and- cycle of middle class or lower oh. class one thing rubbed me the wrong way too is uh, when he says to Alan Leach that he he likes that he trained him up, you know, to step up into this bigger mm-hmm. authority. It's like, okay, so as much as they're, they're harmonious, you definitely have a point of view that, oh, isn't it great that you can rise up from from below here? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously you're you're not going to be as well off as these other people and stuff. So I'm glad I could help you out. Mm-hmm. The character, but it also feels like he's saying that to Alan Leach too. He also said um, the thing to Alan Leach about the differences in in cameras. Mm-hmm. which I hadn't even thought about where he says a lot of the, ca- the, the upstairs camera work is stationary and cuts yeah. from shot to shot. Whereas downstairs, the camera moves a lot. And I, and mm-hmm. I think it might be worth revisiting another in an episode of this show with that mindset, which I never, never picked up on that, man. I never picked up on that. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe we should, you should watch again. I'm, I'm good. I know. I noticed that you're done. Uh, We're done with Downton forever. <laughs> Especially, I think it calls attention to itself in the first season before it starts to kind of settle down into the rhythm that it has. Um, in the last episode though, the four fireside chats, they start asking him questions. Or like it's uh, user based, so fans yeah. of the show send in the questions. And one of the questions is like, "What about Rose and Atticus?" And he's like, "I think they're fine." 
Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> that's that. that. That's all you need to know. He's cleaning his hands of them. I wonder if that means that even if they come to America, they're not part of it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you're you're the one putting it out in the world that they're going to America, man. I am. Absolutely. And I will continue to do that because right. one of the protagonists, go? one of the highest ranking power rankings people of both movies is stateside now. I think they go even more south. I think they go to Africa, maybe. They go back to where they uh, fought in World War One, or before that. Oh, we had the Bates and, and Robert call it, call it like a little reunion with Expedition. their platoon. Back that would to where be they a good plot line. Yeah. They got to go find an old uh, abandoned uh, fellow from down there or something. Did um, you notice that in the, the, this, the Q&A, they say he, he makes the comment about uh, there's one scene with Cora and Robert where, where McGovern and Hugh like blow his mind with their acting. That's got to be the mm-hmm. scene where she reveals that he has, or, you know, she, she's sick and he's like balls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and you, I like you didn't think that, that was particularly well done. I wasn't that impressed, <laughs> but I mean, they, they, they really do go for it. They commit to it. So I respect them on that level. Mm-hmm. And um, the one other thing, well, the one other thing he shares is too, is and it's echoed actually in one of the later clips in the YouTube uh, thing from Cosmopolitan interviews that we watched is that he says that the way people acted on the show or the way they portrayed the characters actually inspired the directions in which some of them went and how he wrote to them and, and wrote mm-hmm. the characters. And I thought that was interesting in that he's almost admitting to, I don't know, like in some cases maybe favoritism low key with how some characters end up getting treated yeah, eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's funny because I, uh, out of the kayfabe of this podcast, uh, a, a friend of ours from from Connecticut posted a tweet that was basically like, "You're either Team Barrow or Team Branson, mm-hmm. and you can't be both." And I said, "Why I choose both?" As someone, yeah. I mean, clearly, if the Lord of Grantham had to choose, we choose Barrow or Branson. <laughs> sorry, I take that back. Um, yeah. But you can sort of see, and I think we might have touched on this before, where Fellows looks at these characters as kind of like toys and like, mm-hmm. what's the most interesting toy and Bates is the most interesting toy in the beginning, but he sort of loses interest in him yeah. in favor of turning the bad guy good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a very interesting observation that he does like right for the room. So maybe, you know, we talk about Brendan Coyle's personal demons and things like that. Maybe he was just like, look, this guy's stoic and, you know, brooders brood and he's a tribal. There's only so much I can do. That's with all him. he can offer us. Yeah, it's almost not that different from pro wrestling, where they have them run through storylines and then they have to change their whole character in order to have storylines again because yeah. you burn through it. They need to repackage Barrow as a uh, or Branson. No, that's yeah, Bates. Jeez, I'm. We're, you can't. We're so, bees, I got so much doubt on the brain. I've watched so many of these interviews that I get these characters mixed up. No but, wonder we're getting people fired up at us. Yeah, and one of the, I mean, the, the actors, they sounded like they were appreciative, though, that, like, you know, it seems like Julian actively cared about them and, and how they performed and to really, you know, write as well as he could for them. So it's a nice little bit there. And and the other thing about those fireside chats is in the last episode, Julian's like, I got a special surprise for you at the end of this. A oh, special treat. <laughs> and he mentions it, like, two or three times, and then he gets to the end of it, and he's like, well, now's a special treat, a clip from the movie. And it's just, like, five, seven, ten seconds of them at the dinner time, like a quick exchange between the Dowager and... Uh, and Guy Dexter. Yeah, Guy Dexter, and that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. That's, that's it? <laughs> you know, he said <laughs> yeah. at home, like, look what I've given them. It's a real mm-hmm. treat. Yeah. 
Now, Dave, you sent me some uh, clips to watch. One was uh, Michelle Dockery was on Jimmy Fallon. This was one of the... I always have high hopes for Fallon interviews because I think he's very, like, faux charismatic and he sort of makes a connection with people. I didn't he's love this bad at interviewing, much. though. That's the problem. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not good at asking yeah. questions. Uh, yeah, he asks... You know, I mean, they talk about the fact that she's in a duo with... Uh, Every interview with her talks about Michael and Michelle. Yeah. That they're recording music together. We should listen to that. We that would be a good uh, maybe yeah. talk about that on Patreon or something because I don't think it's worth reviewing a, a, a folk indie singer songwriter EP for the main feed. She has her first gig with him June sixth. So if people yeah. are in the UK or London, go check them out June sixth. They're playing together. Yeah, and you know Laura Carmichael will probably be in the crowd. That's her husband up there. That's her husband. That's her man. And. Uh, and Michelle also revealed in the interview that she went to Alanis Morissette concert with Bob Dylan and, Bob and Eric, Dylan, Clip, yeah. Eric Clapton as a child when she was like 14. That was her first. What a what a stacked deck that was. I'm just trying to figure out how Alanis Morissette figures in with Bob Dylan and Eric Clapton exactly. Definitely closer to Dylan than Clapton. Yeah. I I'd actually probably of those three would most want to see Alanis Morissette <laughs> if I had to choose. At this point? Yes, absolutely. Or even back then, I'm, oh, I'm never back, been. A, yeah, I'm not. You don't like slow hands? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Can't say that. I, Lord I, of Grantham I Nation is, is anti-slow hands. Yep. <laughs> uh, so there was that clip. What was the other clip you sent me, Dave? Uh, the Today Show. So this mm. was the one with. Uh, it's the whole family plus uh, Hugh Dancy and Mosley. Yeah, which is a strange, strange two to pull. Hugh Dan. I mean, Hugh Dancy. They got a get him out there you think that maybe he'd be like i don't think you need me for this yeah he looks happy to be there though oh absolutely he like i i mean we're we're longtime fans of hugh dancy but i feel like this guy is uh you know you couldn't get you couldn't get dominic west on any of these interviews yeah he's too busy hugh dancy looks like he fits in uh though um in this today show interview it's it's funny because Ke- uh, kevin doyle there mosley is, is there and he doesn't say anything except like yeah yeah he's just sitting there the whole time pretty much Almost like, asking himself, what am I doing on here? Instagram. <laughs> he's not even verified on Instagram. Yeah, he's on the Today Show. And you can tell that the host of the on the Today Show is very enthusiastic about Downton. She's a, she's a big fan. But she goes on to say, like, and everyone who's a Downton fan knows the husband dies in season one. It's like, no, come on. Come yes. on. Yeah, nope. <laughs> See, end of season three. It's a very, it's a demarcation in the show before and after. Yes, it's a, it's a real split. Mm-hmm. In, the one interesting thing that I got uh, from this interview on the Today Show was that they they all had to like quarantine for two weeks mm. together in in France, and this is the one where they talk about how it's basically a summer camp. Yeah, and imagine being at like a you know a first boy or whatever a, a cable runner on this movie, and you're stuck in in a villa in the south of France with Michelle Dockery and Alan Leach and Hugh Bonneville and all these other well, they're not in the south of France. They didn't go there, Michelle Dockery. Well, not Michelle. So everybody else that I set aside from Michelle yep. Dockery, that must be pretty. It must be like a little family. Yeah, it must be nice. <laughs> Although I think Look, they I'll, have, I'll they, run cable. It sounded like they, they had the hotel rented to themselves though, so you, you wouldn't have been staying with them. Oh, I wouldn't personally. Okay. <laughs> okay, I see where you're going. Also, Edith said. Uh, uh, she she had a child. I mean, not Edith, uh, Laura Carmichael. Mm-hmm. 
She, you would not know she had a child. She looks the same. Yeah, Good that's not how. That's a doubt. Looks money. great. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but yeah, nothing really of substance in that in that interview, uh, really. Mm-hmm. So Dave, I sent you a clip of the View. <laughs> they had uh, Anna. Uh, Joan Froggett and Alan Leach Branson on there. This was I like this one a lot. This was a good one. All things they, considered, they were serving them tea and scones. They're always Kelly Clarkson served Alan Leach tea as well, and he's like, I, "I'll drink it later." Did you see the, him with the scones on the view? There was like a quick shot. He's going in on the scones, like he's he's, he's so eating. hungry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a hungry man. He's forty one years old. He said he celebrated his fortieth birthday on the day that they shot the Lucy and Branson wedding. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about how uh, tea and other stuff beyond water is not allowed in Highclere Castle, but they're like Maggie tea needs Maggie Smith needs to have her tea, so they actually smuggled some tea into uh, to Highclere for for Maggie Smith to have some tea while shooting, which I think that's a fair thing to do. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Highclere Castle. It's Maggie Smith. Some, some gin while they're there. <laughs> Maggie Smith almost is like more important than Highclere Castle in some ways. Yeah, I'm maybe. not gonna disagree. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just maybe. I'm just saying. She's a dame maybe. to some, yeah. And we also learned that Joanne Froggett grew up on a sheep farm. In this yep, movie. and and that Alan Leach's first uh, taste of acting was playing the lion in The Wizard of Oz, and that mm-hmm. hearing the crowd react to one of his comedy beats of playing with his tail is what got him into got the whole. Thing. You mean his costume tail, right? No, he, he's got a tail. <laughs> he's a saiyan. He was just playing with it on stage. Um, yeah. They're having fun with the ladies of the view there. Easy peasy. And mm-hmm. the next one that you sent me was the trivia contest with the Hoda and the Jenna Today show. I'm not I no, I'm I know that Hoda and Jenna have a reputation, but I don't have any connection to, to them. I don't know who Jenna is. Well yeah, who was Hoda with before? Uh uh Kathy Lee Gifford. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah, I have no connection to this. It was, it was Kathy and Hoda, and they spent the morning just drinking wine and getting progressively more drunk over the course of the show. And that's kind of their whole gimmick, is that they have like a glass of wine at 11 a.m. or something like that. And you can definitely tell that Jenna was feeling it uh, in this segment. Oh, yeah. The trivia, some of the, a little bit of the trivia got me. I wouldn't get 100%. Okay. Did you? Uh, yeah, I got 100%. Yeah. Okay, all right. But they had two super fans... Uh, I said that in quotations because one of them was just a person who recently binged the show and was really into it. From Greenwich, from Connecticut. Hey, we could. Why? Why weren't we on there? We would have. Um, we would have changed the game. They wouldn't have let us on. It's not. It's not. For, they it's they not like target markets. There, we're not in the demo. But they had Elizabeth McGovern uh, and Michelle Dockery on there again. You really and, knew that you had to stir tea up and down. No, I actually did not know that. Okay. But th- the fans were actually legit, like, stupefied to see the two of them there. Uh, super excited that they couldn't even barely answer some of the questions. Yeah. And, and as, as w- I think we would, I would have been like that. Maybe, maybe. The girl from Greenwich, she got out to, like, a hot start. She got, like, two two answers correct. But then and Jenna then, screwed her up. She, yeah, she was, she got to lay off the sauce. She was buzzing in before questions were done. She led mm-hmm. her astray on another question. She del- she actually derailed this girl from winning. But they both won a five-day stay in London. Yeah, where they get to visit Highclere Castle. 
But they stumbled uh, over saying hi, Clear Castle. Because <laughs> that woman's drunk. She's clearly not in, in, in herself there, the Jenna. She could, yeah, hide Clear Castle. It's like, just just stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, we we would have won that trip easily. That was a pretty fun segment, though. Because it was pretty oh, yeah. free and, and And Dockery and McGovern are just like there for it. They're barely, you know, they're barely participating. They're kind of just like standing there in just amazement of like what is going on right now. Let him let him do it. That's it's just looking at their watches like what? what? It's only eleven here. Done with this movie <laughs> junk yet? Yeah. Uh, and you just think about that too between like Dockery appearing on the Today Show, Fallon, Hoda, and I don't know if it's all within the same day. That's a lot of just bouncing around. It's like in the same week at the very least. Yeah. Um, and even the Kelly Clarkson show, that's not filmed in New York, too. So Alan Leach, I think, had to probably be filming a little bit in L.A. for... Well, he lives out there, he said, so that's, that's home. That's true. That's true. So he was on Kelly Clarkson. She had a whole tea set made for him, and then they barely touched the tea. Yeah, he touches the tea, and he's like, I'll have it later. i got to tell you a story. It's a four-and-a-half-minute clip, and then that's it. Someone, Some poor intern somewhere had to assemble all this tea and, and biscuits for just to sit there. What a waste. It's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I thought this was a pretty nice segment though because you find out that his wife is a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan Mm -hmm. and he kind of doxed her for it yeah he uh, posted on Instagram the whole video of her on TV as a child talking about her fandom for Leonardo DiCaprio now is his wife an actor as well not that I'm aware of no he also claimed that he doesn't share his kids names publicly for their privacy which is amazing I, I love that there's keep just a couple of leeches, actually. Social media. Yeah, keep those leeches. Let the leeches leech. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Herman is Alan Leach's wife. And she is an actress, Dave. You are you are right. Mm. She has appeared in such things as like an episode of How I Met Your Mother and stuff. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But the Alan Leach interview is very uh, plain. But also plain, I feel like uh, this Lorraine clip with... Uh, Sophie. Wait, wait, wait. The one last thing on Branson, though, is uh, he says, like, when the show first premiered, people started recognizing him as a driver, so they'd make the driving motion with their hands. Mm-hmm. And then at one point, he's like, the name's Tom. Tom Tom effing Branson or whatever. I have an effing name. <laughs> like, clearly frustrated by that. <laughs> That's the Irish side of him. He, he's still going to let it out. Yeah, a daytime TV, just cursing up a just cursing up a, just a little bit. Oh, let him do it. Curse. But, yeah, Sophie McShare. <laughs> McShara. Uh, or as we know, Daisy appears on Lorraine. <laughs> I don't uh, even know who Lorraine is. Clearly some daytime UK TV. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Yeah. But it is nice to see her get the spotlight for once. Yeah, the interview doesn't. it did nothing for me. Like of all the ones <laughs> that we watched, I took one note that says she looks normal. <laughs> I, I did like her note that... Um, so... They didn't get to go to France. They had to stay and film down. But the people who were filming in France, including Jim Carter, were sending photos to them, kind of trolling them about the fact that they're in the south of France and she got jealous. I want to see these photos that Jim Carter sent from France. Are you sure about that? <laughs> what do you think they involve? What do they, what do they look like? I don't know. Who knows? Like, pictures of his feet with in the his sand? Wife. <laughs> could be. Could be. Could have sent the wrong picture. And it's funny because... Uh, so, was it? Yeah, no, she does mention she would love to come back for a third. That's the one thing mm-hmm. they say. They tease the third movie. And that's all she says is like, "I'd love to do a third one." And that's the general gist. It seems like these people are happy to be in each other's company. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be the vibe is that they all love doing it. It's weird though, because like the first go around with the press junkets, it seemed like there's a bit of more energy in terms of excitement about the movie finally coming out, whereas here it's a little bit slightly more subdued. Yeah. And that may be because the movie already came out in the UK and they're doing some second round of promotion and stuff, but yeah, I, I, we looked at another clip. One, this is the last clip uh, of mm-hmm. them being interviewed for um, Cosmopolitan. Yes, the whole gang. Now, I only made it through because I've been a busy guy. I only made it through half of this one, so you're going to have to fill me in if there's anything exciting on the back half. I mean, there wasn't all that much exciting in this video. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, except that we, they like to play, play Bananagrams in between uh, filming. That's a good game. I like Bananagrams. Yeah. You think you uh, could take, take them at Bananagrams? I don't think I could take the Dowager. I feel like Maggie Smith knows a word or two. You think her fine motor skills are still fast enough to Absolutely. assemble the words? Yeah, I think she's sharp as attack. Uh, but we hear again that, yeah, Jim Carter was sending photos. They even got photos from Alan Leach down there in, in France. Oh, of uh, course. You know he's he's a troll. He's messing with living people. Living it up. But what they shared was that they were happy to finish filming at High Clear uh, and that everyone else who was still... F- filming we're, we're doing the scenes in france so that came after they filmed at high clear mm-hmm. so why were they so tan at high clear castle or at downton abbey in the movie to start off with and they hadn't even been to france for filming it or anything they're just of tan people, off the jump lots of fans of the lords of grantham have, knew that we were talking about the tans yeah and are excited about the tans <laughs> i don't know if i'm a big fan of the tans man i i, I don't know if it's a natural look on them well, I mean, it's it's just as na- unnatural as the rapid weight loss for someone like Hugh. Yeah. And so that's pretty much the, the clips. We can share links to them. Yeah, uh, I'll be in the description of the podcast. Very tame, though. It, de- it definitely seems like they're just happy to be around. <laughs> so do we want to get to these social media reactions? Sure. I mean, what did you see on Twitter, Dave? So Twitter, uh, we got one from uh, Becca, longtime fan. Mm-hmm. frequent correspondent and liker of our tweets okay. she said that in regards to the film she absolutely loved it wish mm-hmm. Anna had more to do I mm. think we all kind of do um, and she agreed that the chorus stuff was unnecessary and like that Mary said no to the kiss and it showed the similarity between the dowager and Mary because both have uh, the ability to resist temptation. To which I say, what about Kurrigan? She almost ran away with Kurrigan. Who's to say what she did with Kurt, with the prince? Yeah. But what, what, If Anna had more to do in the movie, what do you think she could have done? I think we could have seen more of Anna and uh, Daglish. Oh, the more A little more, bit more time with that. Mm. Or maybe something with the kids. I don't know. Something with... Something with Anna and Bates and the kids. Something tying, like we talked about last time, tying Anna to Bates to Mosley to Baxter. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more subtle matchmaking going on. I feel like also... Continue, yeah. I feel like Anna also had a better voice to match Daglish for the movie than Mary's, potentially. Uh, They could have just... Yeah, I really thought that was going to happen. I thought we were going to get a little downstairs Mm -hmm. validation. But now, you know, got to give Mary her stuff. Yeah. Anything? That's all we got on Twitter. Well, we got, well, we got a few comments on Instagram. I, I, I think it's also because the movie just came out. <laughs> yeah, so people, people are, are still, Yeah, they're still making their way to it. We'll touch uh, down on this movie again 
in the nearer future than we did the first movie because sure. it's going to be streaming so soon. We know there's going to be a flood of people giving it yeah, a shot. Yeah, we can come back to it. Uh, Mike Brelsford, who we know from, from way back, he reached on Instagram and he said, will the third movie have to go back in time? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that's in the cards here. That That's just not. I think the only... We could get like that one episode of The Crown where we get Claire Foy. I think if they shoot something with Maggie Smith, like now, Dude, she's like gone. one scene. She's not, she's so retired. <laughs> she does not want to work anymore. Well, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like if they were to do a flashback, it wouldn't be like a young dowager as played by somebody else. It will be like they had her in the room. They had this monologue with her and, and Mary. And oh, like her will or something? Yeah, something like that, where it's just one okay. a one and done brief scene. That's entirely that. possible. Uh, what about you? Think they're going to go back in time? No, no, that's no. <laughs> we we Down, have been we have been told multiple times. The movie is called a new era. It, it, it's about moving forward. It's called a new era. We're going forward. <laughs> yeah, Mosley's going to have three kids in the next movie. <laughs> I look forward to that. Even though Baxter's like fifty, somehow it's going to be a miracle of medicine and science. Yep. Uh, we got another message from a uh, longtime listener, uh, Kalinda. Uh, she said she loved the colors. It was as if the lights were different. And that's true. There's definitely a certain shine, uh, to, especially when they're in France, to how mm-hmm. everything looks. I think, can uh, we attribute that to Simon Curtis? Potentially, yeah. The director's uh, point of view. Because even the wedding at the beginning of the movie has like a certain brightness to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you almost wonder, did they just catch better days for filming <laughs> than in the past? It wasn't as Maybe. gray. Uh, or maybe just chalk it up to the tans, making everything a little bit oh, yeah. different. <laughs> it's that skin, it's that pigment. <laughs> everything just looked a little bit more orange in the movie. Um, we got one from Majillicuddy. Uh, too bad DNA testing didn't exist back then, but we do know Grandma was getting down. LOL. Do I mean? I mean, do I think we? she was. I think she was flirting. Yeah, she was flirting up a storm. She was sending looks and stuff, but she may have stole a kiss, but I don't think more than that. I think, you know what, talking about what Mike said about will we go back in time, mm-hmm. I don't want it, but we saw it with The Sopranos and Many Saints in Newark, where you just recap, and we saw it with Solo, we've seen it, we're seeing it more Wasn't and it more. Was good, as, though? I thought Many Saints in Newark was great, and most of the recasting, or the younger people were very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think that if there was a world where you could really get someone who nails the Maggie Smith-isms, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to like a young dowager, but I feel like that's what we might get in the Gilded Age. I don't think we're getting the Dowager in the Gilded Age. It's America, man. If anything, we're going to get the Cora's uh, family uh, involved somehow. The Levinsons. The Levinsons, correct. Well, I wouldn't be opposed if we could do it right, but I don't, also don't want. I don't want it. Okay. Uh, uh, Jamie Neal asked, "What did y'all think about Thomas's storyline?" They, they they said y'all. I mean, we, we talked about Thomas's storyline. It was it was good. It was good. Listen to the last week's episode. It, you know, I did, I did listen to some more critiques of the movie. There was. A, there's some criticism out there specifically for how like it's almost a little too easy the Thomas's happy ending in this one where it's just Dominic West looking at him and be like you come here with me and then loving it you know like I don't know let it let him have it after yeah, just after, let him have it honestly. after the redemption arc just let him have a victory lap yeah and the last one comes from Nancy, who says they should not have accepted the house in France because the mother was so distraught, which she Get has a bit of a here. point there. What do you mean? I think that she Get has a good point here. there. Did, did, I mean, truly, 
it's just going to be their summer home, and this woman's tore up about it. Then again, this woman does have four or five homes. She's also old, too. She's not going to be around forever. I, I Sure. I, I think if they they could have made a case, you know, if they wanted her to have it, that there's some sentimentality attached to this home. There's something special about this one, and that's why she needs this one. Otherwise, it did seem kind of petty and weird that she was so hung up on losing this one home out of the many that she owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe or maybe they should have even drawn a stronger line to her just being frustrated that her son is so hung up on this man being her brother, his his brother, because like she, that definitely bothered her, but it wasn't necessarily the focus of that of that story there. Maybe there was something left on the cutting room floor that established that. Yeah, I could see that. Did they do I, deleted I, scenes on Peacock? I don't know. Are there deleted maybe. scenes on the on the Blu-ray for the first John movie? Hold on, it's right next to me. Take it. Let me take a look. <laughs> Wait, are you looking at the back of the box, or are you just opening the? There is no back of the box. It's black. Oh, I'm opening uh, it up right now. Well, there's recipes here, so this is oh, this is all photos. I don't think there, there are five minutes the... of deleted scenes from the movie. That it, so I'm sure there is some that are from this movie as well. There's got to be. Ooh, cauliflower cheese is on the. Uh, there's a recipe sheet. Well, we should we should make that sometime. Yeah, we'll make some cauliflower cheese. That sounds from good. The first to me. film. Uh, what else do we have to talk about, Dave? Is there anything else here? I, that's I think that's it. I think you know we've been we've been going full steam ahead with this Downton movie. I think next week we'll throw up a Patreon classic episode, and give you all something to listen to and enjoy. Yep. To entice you, and while we're talking about Patreon, what we've done in our little Facebook group is we've told all our patrons to send us their power rankings for movie two. So if you're listening to this and you want us to review, critique your up and down power rankings, the way that we do it on this show, we're going to do it on a Patreon bonus episode coming soon once we let some of our patrons who haven't been able to get to the movies because of work and kids and family see the movie. So Mm -hmm. that will happen soon. And that's really that for for that concept. So if you want to get in on that, that's $5 a month for the upstairs tier and you get our entire backlog. And I'm sure we'll do all those plugs later, but... Uh, you go. Is it, this is the part where we talk about other things we've watched, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what we usually do. Uh, Dave, what have you been watching, man? Uh, I finished the Ultimatum. Uh, yeah, and I didn't 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 like it very much. But it's not a very likable show. <laughs> a lot of the people on there are not pleasant. No, it's very contrived too. You know, I know the, all yeah. these shows are fake. So mm-hmm. this one, one of the scenes things. show through on it. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like there's one particularly salty lady in the first couple episodes that is not making any connections with anybody, and it seems like they tried their hardest to get her safely away from the fire, because I don't yeah. think she would have been very good. And that that Colby guy who's on there is probably one of the most despicable pieces of trash, trash I've ever seen on any reality show. <laughs> oh, yeah, no good, yeah. no good. I mean, if you like that kind of stuff, like easy background noise, mm-hmm treadmill show that's why I, I watched it at the gym almost exclusively so it wasn't like i ever really tried <laughs> to look away yeah, i mean it was just kind of like oh it's on this is something that kind of just i can move my feet to but mm-hmm. i also watched uh, top gun for the first time and you know and I, people are saying you don't need to see it to watch the second movie i saw it was leaving netflix at the end of the month i've never seen it low-hanging fruit had to give it a shot it's less than an hour i said why not Less than two hours. It's not less than an less hour. Less than two hours. Yeah, no, it's yeah. 45 minutes. People just walking in and out of the theater there. What did you think of it, Dave? I thought it was it was good. It was solid. I mean, it's, it's tough for a movie that's like the best cable TV movie. <laughs> You've seen at least like parts of it. 
You just never saw Oh, yeah, like, I, it's one of those things that's like, oh, that's that where I've seen that gif before. Mm-hmm. Or, like, that's, yeah, finally, Context of Danger Zone in the movie. <laughs> well, what is Context of Danger Zone? Because they play it multiple times in the movie, along with Take My Breath Away multiple times in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, I think it's, Tom Cruise is great. I love Tom Cruise. It's just a charismatic, energetic movie, man, that just, it doesn't stop. Smooth. I looked, yeah. I was watching it and I had to go fold my laundry, so I pushed pause and I had it watched like over an hour of the movie and I felt like I'd watched fifteen minutes. I was like, This is right. <laughs> and then Goose is gone before you know it. It's like, wait, what? Oh, that was I did not see that happening that way. Oh really? You didn't you, you didn't know how Goose went? I didn't know how Goose went. I honestly didn't even know Goose went. I, I, really? I figured based on the trailers for um the new one with Miles mm-hmm. Teller, who looks yeah. just like Goose. Yeah, man. His name is Rooster in the movie. Great. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Corey? You been watching anything? There's a lot of Tom Cruise movies, man. I'm on the, I'm on the juice. I know he's a crazy guy, Scientologist, but I'm still a huge fan of his movies, man. They're just imminently watchable. The guy has charisma and is crazy. Uh, but just going through ones I haven't really seen. I mean, uh, I watched Risky Business again because I watched it at the beginning of the pandemic. That movie's great. It really like shows like what kind of star he was going to be. Days mm-hmm. of Thunder, terrible movie. Not not good. It has fun elements, but it's... Who's, who's the co-star in that one? Robert Duvall. How's he? Uh, he's good. Robert Duvall's really good. And then Michael Rooker is his, his rival. <laughs> uh, wow. And J- John C. Riley's his, his pit man, his, his friend in the movie. <laughs> it's a strange movie, man. So it's if they literally... can connect Rooker to his mm-hmm. character in F9... Could. Days of Thunder could be Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh, Color of Money with him and Paul Newman, great. That was actually a really good movie. And uh, well, I, I I watched Oblivion again because I was like, maybe this movie isn't as bad as I remember. It was actually worse than I remembered, but it looked good. I, I saw that in IMAX, so that was the kind of movie that I think my brain turned off and I just like sunk into the seat. I, I really liked that one in the. Yeah, you only needed to see an IMAX, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was like I rewatched uh, on the Tom Cruise level. I rewatched uh, Edge of Tomorrow recently, and it's like mm. this is good, but it's it's not like you need to go back to that one. Yeah, it, it his movies are almost like soda. <laughs> like it's just really tasty. It goes down, and you want some more afterwards. It's like you know, it's junk food. But you're like, maybe but, I should stop. I don't I don't know if I need this one again. Yeah, but he does have some, my some teeth. legitimately great movies though in his. his catalogs especially so many of those mission impossible ones oh yeah but yeah man i'm seeing top gun tomorrow and i can, maverick and i cannot <laughs> i cannot wait man that's exciting imax imax i got the big new york city 18 foot screen or whatever the one that's the size of like an 18 wheeler truck it, yeah man i'm all in center row somehow yeah that's exciting me, me just playing with the boys man <laughs> that's right that's what we do here at the Lord of the Grand. <laughs> Play with the boys. Uh, anyways, though, you want to hear us talk more about Downton and everything else, you can find all our podcasts on our website through Podbean. You can also find it on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get it. Leave us five-star rating review if you so choose. Someone left us a two-star rating this past week. He said, keep trying. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> We're not one to do we, like, we understand... You know, anybody in this business, not that it's a business really for us, it's something we do for fun. And mm-hmm. anybody that does what we do is going to get some sort of passive aggressive negativity. And yeah. I think our negative reviews, uh, I, I was talking to some coworkers about it, and 
I, they were like, well, what do you get reviews a lot? And the only ones that I was like shared with them were the one, the, the, the epic one star Poldark review. That is one of my favorite things that anyone has ever so said about funny. us. It took us a task. Just so you know, if you're listening, you've made it through 40 minutes of us talking about YouTube clips. Mm-hmm. Like they, the five star reviews mean a whole lot to us. So like if you do that, please, you know, if you yeah. get a second, you're listening right now while you're driving or whatever, get off the road. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But at your earliest convenience, if you can, it goes a long way. So, and we appreciate them. Yeah, or leave us a two star that is uh, as entertaining as the one that was left uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, good luck though. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know how to hit us up, lordsgrantham@gmail.com. We have our Patreon if you want to hear some bonus episodes. And yeah, we'll catch you next time on the pod. Good luck.